How's it going over there? Are you ready to record? We're we not. Wait, I pressed. Record. We are. We are. No, we are. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I just meant like you ready to do the iPad? ready to get started. Yes. For real? Let us. Let's. Let's do it. Ooh. Okay. And I'm Emily, and, and here's, here's the, the thing. thing. This again, here's the thing. We have a special guest, special friend, Sarah Kim. Sarah Kim. <sighs> Sarah Kim. Oh, <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Everyone loves Sarah Kim. Incredible. Uh, thanks Sarah, for having me. Oh, oops. <laughs> we are happy to have you. Yeah. Friend. Introduce yourself. Oh, uh, <laughs> if you may, uh, I command. I'm I'm Sarah. I am graduating in like I guess three days with Ashley, and I've known uh, Ashley. By the time this comes out, you'll be completely graduated. Cool. I have to be in past be. tense. Hold up. I will be. I am graduated. <laughs> Hi, I'm graduated. By the time you listen to this, <laughs> uh, and I've I've known Ashley and Emily through um, a campus ministry. Um, I think for two years now. Has it been two years? No way. Really? I thought it was one year. I thought we recently Wait. had our one year anniversary. <laughs> you might be right. We met in twenty. We would have met met in twenty eighteen. Twenty twenty. But not full. Mm. Not a full year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not we a full two years. We second year anniversary yet. Yeah. But we're on our way, though. On our way. Indeed. It's very fun. Um, what are you getting your degree in, Sarah Kim? Like, I hope so. <laughs> I hope I pass. No, what are you... <laughs> <laughs> I hope what I get my piece of paper and leave. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> what are you studying? Um, I'm studying biohealth sciences, option in pre-pharmacy and a couple of minors and certificates, but actually moving into hopefully public policy. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I have an update for the pod that this has nothing to do with you, Sarah. I just wanted to tell someone this. (laughs) My hair has been falling out lately like crazy. Isn't that insane? Is this the time to do this right now? I don't know. I just felt like I should get it out in the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> while Sarah's introducing herself. <laughs> well, I thought she had introduced herself and I didn't want to forget. Well, but my hair's been falling out. Can you love diagnose her with my your farm Because you're degree? a farm. So what's that about? Why is she losing her hair? Your your hair? Yeah. Dude, I Why don't is it know. I'm not team science no more. Like <laughs> <laughs> You're team science for another day. Yeah, for the rest maybe of your another life. day. But mm-hmm. I can relate to that because like, I lose hair literally all the time uh when i shower when i am brushing my hair when i am tying up my hair are, these are normal times to lose hair guys yeah this so. is so normal i don't know you can say it's normal for you but it's not normal for me you never lost your hair while taking a shower not in the amounts of hair that i've been losing lately oh is it like literally, chunks literally guys <laughs> yeah, I, was, concerned now, I, I was in the car with my coworker the other day and I like just like reached up into my hair and like pulled out so much and it was so much that I didn't show him because I didn't want to gross him <laughs> out. I was like, oh, and I like hit it. 
I dispose of it later. I do that all the time. Wait, was it like a like a, you hid your hand like behind you or something like in the car? <laughs> did you like did you like throw it like, down at the bottom or something? Not that's sus literally. at all. No, I just like I set it in my lap. He didn't notice. He wasn't looking. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that it's normal to lose hair. Maybe you're getting older or you're ultra stressed. Which I'm not so not stressed. So I don't know. Maybe you're getting older. But. Sorry, so that was just my update. Just didn't <laughs> want to forget Alicia. about that. It's an important life update. Like it's it's important to take care of yourself, I guess. Like just a reminder <laughs> out there, stay hydrated. <laughs> Do you think it's hydration? Is it hydration? Is it because of the heat? Taking your hair away. It could be. I just think that's crazy. You are team science. <laughs> yes. Completely. I just feel like she's making it up. Um okay. Um, how has quarantine been treating you, Sarah? Um, I don't know, like I don't know. Some days it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. But then other days it's like, no, I'm doing so badly and like, just like not mm-hmm. taking care of myself. So like, I honestly like, I've received that question a couple of times from like friends and like, you know, just concerned um, staff members and stuff. But it's like, how do I like answer that? You know, like how do I, how do I say I'm like fine because I'm also an introvert, but also like as a person watching the world fall apart, how do I say that I'm okay without like feeling guilt and shame so i don't know it's just a Mm -hmm. spiral um (laughs) of like mixed emotions and like i also don't know how many people relate to that either and then like if it's just me overcomplicating things but i don't know i can relate to that it's normal to have multiple emotions yeah (laughs) i don't think it's just you of being like i felt like that too of being like well i'm an introvert so i kind of like it but i also there's I also feel so off a lot of the time and I'm like not sure what's going on and yeah maybe it's a little stress inducing in ways yeah Yeah. indeed but what has has well so so like what was your life like week nine of last term to like week 11 like how did your (laughs) life change you know if you get if you um, week nine last term to week 11 this term yeah (laughs) not a a whole whole cycle um i would say it's probably better in terms of like just like generally taking care of my- i don't know i was like kind of a mess last term i would like kind of break down like Kinda. every <laughs> Sorry. maybe a lot maybe that's an understatement i don't know i i like just like i feel like i don't know there was like a lot of things that like work was like catching up to me and then like you know just a lot of things that i've been like fighting through internally like kind of caught up to me and like now it's like now I don't really have to like deal with that in person anymore <laughs> I guess so like I guess that's better and so it's like kind of easier to cope with but also like I don't know just like again like I said like with the state of the world right now it's kind of kind of insane <laughs> so yeah um, yeah I don't know I guess more mixed emotions but definitely better than week nine of last term like yeah that's good 100 <laughs> percent. you're also like a person who has like three jobs and then also places more pressure on you for all of those jobs to do more than like humanly possible <laughs> so i feel like maybe being a little separate from that you like don't have to live in it as much as you do or you were yeah 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 it's like I don't know. I feel like it kind of stems from, like, me being the oldest in my family of, like, you know, I'm, like, the second generation, first generation immigrant. I don't, 
Mm-hmm. I was born in the U.S. <laughs> um, and so, like, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of pressure for me to do well and, like, really to prove um, my peers that, like, I am capable of things, like, even if English wasn't my first language at home. Um, and so, like, I mean, like, I take pride in the work that I do. And, like, you know, I, I feel like I hope I'm genuinely making a difference <laughs> in my communities mm-hmm. and, like, among my friend groups. And, like, I'm, I don't know. I it's like a good and a bad thing, right? Because like, it comes at a cost of yeah. like my mental health and like, you know, just like that toll that it takes on a person. How has um, quarantine been for your like parents? Because your did your parents have to spend a lot more time at home too? Did that did they not like that? Yeah, I mean, like my mom is like, a definitely person who's like, always like physically moving. And so like, she's mm-hmm. like, always like doing something. Um, and so like, uh, yeah, having the store closed for I guess three months now. Um, thankfully we're open back up. Um, but having that close was like kind of a big hit. Um, my dad also like kind of takes pride in, you know, financial gain and wealth. And like, he considers that to be a huge life priority, unfortunately, but, um, it took a pretty big hit on both of them. And like, um, I think that quarantine gave them a time to reflect on their life values and like, especially the, state of our family like you know many like I'm basically moving into the workforce now um my sister's in high school and my brother's in you know first year uh university student um and so a lot of us are moving out um and so it's like how do I how do I remind them that like spending time meaningful time with family is like important especially in a time like this um where you know we're spending quite a bit of time together and I don't know (laughs) I don't know, like, I don't know, it's just, like, very, like, it's like a fact check, you know, it's, like, fact check on, on life real quick, and, yeah. Do you think quarantine brought your family closer together, or, like, tore you guys apart? (laughs) Um, Or both? Maybe a little bit of both, like, there were times where it was, like, not the best things happened, and, like, there was a lot of, like, finally it was, like, you're not pulling your weight kind of thing, like, and that, like, blew up in our faces but also like coming out of it I think we have a greater appreciation for ourselves and like to the work that each person contributes even if it's not much but like just like the individual role that we play siblings yeah like each of our siblings and like even like between my parents right like that relationship completely changed um post-quarantine and now it's like now they're in like a weirdly like better relationship than they've ever been in um but it also took like a major fight to get there um, yeah. yeah, this feels like a really good transition for the next question, which make you might make you really uncomfortable, and your family's probably gonna hear you talk about it. But <laughs> who's who's the favorite sibling of the three of you? Oh man, <laughs> I guess that depends. I don't know. I was like, I'll admit it. I was major cramming for this <laughs> recording session. I was really no, nervous. Don't cram. Why <laughs> cram while you should be cramming for? biochem here's the thing no personally i love it yeah finish what you were saying about listening whatever sorry yeah i was listening to wyatt and i was like thinking about this for myself and like i think Mm. my anyway to the point i think my family plays each of us play a different role um i feel like i play a role of like communicating with like um you know just like a lot of businesses that my like parents are involved in and like just school yeah, conferences like and stuff baby. yeah that one and so um anything like you want to get done you go through me if you're Sarah looking for it. huh 
Um, you talk to Sarah you're looking... about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're looking for a good time slash uh, just a strong man, you go through my brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> good time or a strong man. <laughs> and if you need just another fun one slash just like little help or like little advice on like what's cute, what's not, you know, like. I go through really my sister, just feel like so. your sister is useless. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you guys have like a, a clothing company, so it's important to stay hip and stuff, but her time will mm-hmm. come. <laughs> her time will come. She's still day. 15. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that you're the favorite since you do the most work? <laughs> I don't think so, though. <laughs> I'm not Interesting. fun. I'm not like, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm, I don't know. My parents call me the, the gross one of the family understandably so so i don't think that's an indicator of favoritism why are you the gross one in the family because like i really hate getting wet um and so like some days it's so gross i sometimes like i like refuse to take a shower because like i hate being wet do you just not shower no i do shower <laughs> i take regular showers oh, that's it's just like you, you know like when up. you're like gardening outside like i would just rather wash my hands and feet and just like live on with my life um but my mom is like you better go take a shower and i'm like but i don't want to <laughs> um, we're literally the same person so like little things like that i literally also i think showering can be a waste of time sometimes i like take one minute showers because i'm like oh, sit in the shower and waste water we're like about to live in a drought mm-hmm. you know i'm just looking out for the mm-hmm. environment Right, yeah. Five minute showers, that's all you need. That's what I'm saying. But I get it. You're a gremlin. My parents call me gross, too, because I'm gross and don't like showers. I've asked this, like, three times now. But do... Okay, but is... My guess is that your little sister is the favorite. Because she's, like, fun and cute. And your parents don't have as many expectations of her. Because you do all the work. Like, you you know... <laughs> yeah, so like, I probably I, agree... Uh, yeah. I don't know, but I think that, like, you could still be the favorite and do the most work. Like, just because she's cute and fun doesn't mean that she's the favorite. Hmm. Maybe, like, outwardly, they like my sister the best, but, like, appreciation <laughs> wise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Huh. Mm-mm. Interesting. Not a clear answer. <laughs> I kind of like it. Emily's just trying to make it the younger sister because she's the cute, fun one who doesn't do a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and you really pushed against that. I don't know why. We obviously are the funnest. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know. Emily, do you feel that way? Like, do you think that, like, in your family you're favored because you are the youngest? Um, well, maybe not because I'm the youngest, but, like, I do think my sister does more stuff for the family and it's, like, is way uh, more selfless mm-hmm. than but I am. Your parents still like you more. But my parents just Chilly are like insane. amused by me and like let me get around. away with way more and like ha- I don't know are maybe quicker to help me out than they are for her and not because they don't love her less but just because they're like oh Emily's the youngest whatever mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> and I think I see that play out in other families. Yeah, I think my parents go easier on me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's like a thing for the oldest to have to do, to like prove themselves and do all the work. Yeah, but I feel like I do 
like maybe the same amount of things for my parents as Chris. I don't know why you like saying that. Like you're arguing with me. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> say that I do the same amount of stuff for my parents as Beth because I don't. I know that. I don't know. <laughs> I just think that I'm in science mode, and these are all confounding factors. <laughs> Who knows? Interesting. I'll add. I'll add your. I'll add that to my my data point, my Excel sheet that I'm making of all our guests. And there and who's the favorite and why they're the favorite. Yeah. What, are you actually? Um No. Oh. <laughs> I think about it every week though. Cause like I do remember reading a study at some point. Hashtag team science. Um, team science. I remember reading a study that like did talk about I guess like success. Um in relation to like what member of the family you are and like uh-huh. um they have like different stories for both men and women of like both you know being the oldest and the youngest growing up in a single family like rather than like a big family it don't matter. Uh, yeah. i don't know it i i can't remember what those results were but oh no the most important part you can't relate to us <laughs> sarah <Oops. laughs> hang up and study and then come back and record yeah. with us <laughs> team science Another paper Cramming to read. wasn't enough. <laughs> Literally a nightmare to hear. <laughs> Cramming wasn't enough. You should have been studying regularly all term for this episode. I know. <laughs> I should have. Okay, well, I... uh, what makes you uncomfortable? Did you prepare for that? No, I didn't. This is the no, one thing I did. No, that's the question. What the? <laughs> um... Unbelievable. I think I was ta- I was thinking about this when Ashley called me, um, and I think like being at the center of attention, so like literally like what's happening right now with this podcast is like <laughs> pretty Should uncomfortable. Should make it about us? Okay. <laughs> Flip the table here. I'm the host. <laughs> so being the center um, of attention is pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess like I don't know. I have like quite a bit of anxiety. I think. Um, not, like, clinically, like, diagnosed, but, like, just from, like, my personal experiences, I feel like I get nervous pretty easily and, like, just doesn't, as a person that doesn't want to be at the center of attention very often and, like, I don't know, I I get pretty uncomfortable at, like, things like parties and, like, social gatherings where I have to, like, actively seek out other people because, like, that's not something that I do very often, um, and, like, I don't know, it's easy for me to, like, hold on to one person very close rather than, like, have many people around me, if that makes sense. hmm So, are you uncomfortable talking about social anxiety, or are you pretty, like, is that pretty normal for you? I think it's a lot better now, now that I'm, like, finally addressing it. I think, like, I don't know, my parents, like, my family, like, in general, like, for some reason, you know, like, with differences in culture like doesn't think that mental health is like a genuine thing to have and so it's like very hard to like address that especially when you're like younger and like dealing with these things and like might need some treatment and therapy but um now that I'm a bit older and like had some time away from home I've been like finally coming to terms with it but work in progress like many other people are Mm -hmm. have you ever broach the subject of mental health with your parents no and honestly like i don't think that's like a conversation that like 
would be welcome in general, um, mm-hmm. considering their views. So have have they ever addressed it in like a disparaging way in front of you, and so you were kind of just like, all right, never bring that up, or have they just never addressed it at all? So you took that to know. I mean, like for the most part, like it doesn't come up very often, but like. Mm-hmm basically like what they do when it does come up is like they just like categorize it into one place and so it's like oh all of these people are like experiencing this one thing and so like therefore we shouldn't associate with like ourselves with them but like that's not true you know like mental health like is a huge spectrum of like feeling one way or another and like all of those emotions are valid and so it's like okay well how do I like tell them I'm not doing super great today and like it's not just a feeling that I'm feeling like in the moment kind of thing but it's like a long-term experience that I'm going through you know so would you say you struggled with mental health uh, as like a high schooler yeah I'm yes (laughs) 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 I mean even like more recently like up until probably like last year I was struggling quite a bit which is totally valid as so like when you feel uncomfortable talking about that with your parents, like, were you able to express it to anyone else? Or do you think that, like, kind of stopped you from being able um, to talk about it at all? I don't know. For me, like, my mental health was, like, I don't belong anywhere. And so it's, like, what's the point of even bringing it up? But, like, I thankfully had someone who, like, had to see me through that and, like, was thankfully, like, patient enough and, like, kind enough to like walk me through that and so like I think from that experience like now I'm finally able to recognize that like oh people like genuinely do care and it's not like just because they're saying it like from you know as like whatever like a friend to a friend but it's like as human to human like these people like genuinely care and like I don't know I I hope that like I continue to grow and like being comfortable with that like it is a very hard conversation, I think, to have, like, with many friends. And, like, I'm sure it's, like, <laughs> kind of uncomfortable for you guys. I'm sure. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I, I hope that I can, like, continue that conversation and, like, hopefully, like, grow myself and, like, grow other people along with me. Yeah. For the record... It's, like, a little uncomfortable for me to, like, talk about mental health, like, other people's mental health, right? Like, when we've talked about it, sometimes I'm, like, a little uncomfortable, but it's not because I'm, like, oh, Sarah's, like, condition today is making me stressed and sad. It's more like, oh, man, I want to know best how to, like, talk to you and, like, approach what you need or what the person needs. Um, And so the discomfort isn't, like... Uh, they're making me uncomfortable it's like oh I wish I knew more you know Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's similar when you talk to people I don't know but you can talk about your own experience so that yeah (laughs) we don't speak for each other but right and I think that's valid like I I feel like you know our identities are like you know they don't necessarily have to be showcased like all the time like um Mm -hmm. it's totally fine if it's like to yourself or like to a small group of people but like you know just like I think like there is comfort in recognizing that like you are also uncomfortable but mostly in trying to like help me rather than like expose me if that makes sense and so like I don't know I find comfort in that 
yeah, being around people who can be open and and don't put like don't make people feel ashamed of their mental health and learning what that looks like. Um, mm. This is something I've talked about with my mom specifically. I don't want to call her out, but I was like never comfortable talking about mental health with my mom because of the way I heard her talk about it from like when other people had depression, especially with two of my siblings have had like pretty serious bouts of depression. And when I heard my mom talk about like what they were going through, I was always like, oh, she thinks less of them because of it. And so I would never want to tell her if I was struggling with mental health. But we've had um, discussions about it. And I guess, yeah, it's just like learning how to just learning how to talk about other people's health like it is like a physical health problem without like casting your own judgments on them. I don't know mm-hmm. if what I'm saying is like pertains to what you're talking about, but it just takes a while to get comfortable with it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I find that, Sarah, you're a really compassionate person anyway, and you can't. I feel like you like to share and like empathize with other people, like, and help them through their experiences and stuff, but. Yeah, I can see how much harder it is to be vulnerable personally for you and, like, sharing that Mm. with others. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I don't know. That's my perception. Yeah, I mean, like, even, like, more recently, like, I feel like it's kind of sad, but, like, I feel like I value others more than I do myself. And, like, I feel like it comes to the point where it's like detrimental to me, but at least benefiting someone else. And like originally like that came from a really bad, (laughs) bad, bad place. And like a bad, it's like now a habit, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, I I guess I'm glad that it's developed into like what looks like compassion, but um, I don't know. I, I personally wish I could like do more for myself and like, just like acceptance in that way. But I don't know. I like I I genuinely like do care about the people and it's not like I just want to like show for it. It's like I really do want these people to succeed and like I will do literally anything in my can- like power to like True. help them. <laughs> and yeah. so and so like I I like I'm still like struggling with that balance of like what is good to help mm-hmm. and like contribute but also like when is it good to like stop and receive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, like, super cheesy quote being, like, like, think about what you're about to say. Would you say that to your friend? Then don't say it to yourself type right. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that's so – it must be so challenging because even if it, like, started from a really unhealthy place and, like, maybe a more selfish, like, this like self-serving place, like, being, like, a recent new – Christian now you have to do that like that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to love your neighbor right so there's like a new pressure to it but it comes to a point where like if you're not like treating yourself well and like treating your own mental health well you're not going to be able to like love others as well as you can Mm -hmm. yeah yeah do you think that makes an impact on like how you think like religion basically do you think like your relationship I think that mm, I don't know it basically takes like everything that I thought that was like pretty selfish and pretty self-centered into like 
now it's like outpouring into others like I said like mm. before it was like I literally have nothing to live for and so like I'm just gonna give whatever I can before like <laughs> my time runs out kind of thing and now it's like mm. no you're giving because you care and like you love these people and now it's like mm-hmm. I don't know it like comes from a different place you know and like I think that mental that shift oh. in perspective like was really key for me and like um has been like completely like influential like now that I've seen like generosity and kindness up close now that I can like now I can like show that to others and like um hopefully well (laughs) not in like a selfish place but I don't know Hmm. do you think you would be uncomfortable talking about mental health with your siblings because like if they can't talk about it with your parents do you feel like it's on you or do you just think that it's best not to be dealt with within the family. I mean, like, a part of me wants to say, like, yes, I'll be willing to, like, hear through them. But, like, also that would be so painful to, like, hear that from, like, a family member. Especially, like, having mm-hmm. to have gone through that. Like, it was so painful, like, having to, like, live that out for myself. And, like, just to hear that someone else is going through that, like, it's just so painful, you know? Um mm-hmm. I mean, like, I would try to, like, I'm, I am hope <laughs> when the time comes, if the time comes to that, which I really don't hope that that happens, um, I hope that I can, like, really rise to that occasion and, like, utilize, like, my personal experiences and, like, because, um, like, I don't know. It's, like, if you don't understand, like, what that experience was like, like, if you don't, if you haven't seen that firsthand yourself, it's really hard to, like, I feel, grasp your head around some of the lies and like that like thought process and so I hope to like use my experience to help them out um just so that they can have an easier you know process of like uh breaking down those thoughts and like um just like finding true identity but also like that would be really difficult I'm sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is like maybe a cultural question but do you find that you and your siblings have like deep or emotional conversations often or no um not frequently probably Mm -hmm. not for the most part um I mean like there was one time that like my my brother's a freshman now um he's you know going to find his place in the world and like learning about different things and like right now he's in computer science but like there was one time like we were driving down um to Wilsonville and uh he asked me like a pretty like provocative question about like our parents and like what he wanted to do versus what they expected him to do and like um in all honesty like I don't think that was a question that like I was prepared for but I'm honestly really glad that happened you know Emily do you often have like really deep conversations with your family yeah they're like almost the only people I have deep conversations with. (laughs) Uh Interesting. Yeah, I almost never have deep conversations with my family. In fact, when Chris um, entered college and I was in high school was probably, like, one of the first times. And then, like, it happened every, like, now and then. But we've never been, like, super close, I would say. We're not, like, on bad terms, but we've never, I wouldn't say that, like, Chris and I were, like, super great friends. Um, until in the, like, past couple of years as we've gotten older. 
And I think that Chris also has just become more, like, open mm-hmm. to sharing in me towards him of, like, experience and, like, shared experience that we had with our parents that I didn't know that he thought about and, like, internalized. One time I literally read a poem that he wrote. This is sneaky. Uh, sorry to Chris if he's listening. <laughs> but he, we, like, shared, a, like, a PCU, you know? No. It's like a computer. It's oh, just like a home okay. computer. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But um, we shared a computer when we were a lot younger up until like I maybe entered high school or he entered high school or something. But there was a poem on it. It was like like to our dad or something or like I it must have been something that like made me really interested where I was like, ooh, what's this? Because I remember being like, ooh, interesting. And so like, what's this juicy bit? <laughs> and I opened it and it was this like really, really heartfelt poem about like how much our parents had sacrificed for us and like how they like hurt him, but also how they like grew him. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is insane. And I basically used it as inspiration for my like college, um, like paper my like entrance paper that I wrote and submitted Uh and stuff Mm -hmm. but I was like in awe that we thought the same things but had never talked to each other about like things that deeply affected us and so I just feel like and I again don't have those conversations with my parents that often either a little bit more now that I'm older and stuff but it's just like not the norm yeah what do you think it was like maturity that like brought that on or do you was that like a whole I don't think so, because, like, Chris probably wasn't super mature at the time that he wrote it, and I definitely wasn't mature at the time that I wrote, like, or that I read it, that I snuck onto his computer and read his (laughs) poem, and, like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't think it was maturity. I think that we'd, I think that I just forgot that he was a person, you know? Mm. And, like, I forget that my parents are real people who have emotions and, like, reasons for the, like, why they do things and, like, live the way that they do. It just, like, is a very, like, tunnel vision of, like, I'm the center of the universe. Everything revolves about me and how I experience them. Versus, like, oh, okay, try to empathize a little bit and, like, understand that you're not the only one Mm. going through something. Mm. But those are, like, valuable things to think about and I think experience and share in on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for myself, like, I feel that I recognize, like, my parents as, like, as regular people, like, you know, with emotions and needs and um, Mm -hmm. desires and all that. But it's also still, like, even still, it's, like, very uncomfortable to bring up such deep, like, conversations of, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, why is there injustice? Like, why, why can't we have, like, a more equitable system or, like, why... You know, like, little things like that, because, like, they understand the struggle and, like, they've been there. Um, But even so, like, even with that experience and, like, even with, like, that compassion piece, it's, it's, I find it pretty hard in my family to, to bring up those issues. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Because I feel like, Emily, you don't, right? You don't, like, have a problem bringing up conversations about, like, justice or inequity, inequality. No. Uh, Yeah, no, I'll bring it up with my mom and dad quite a bit I think that my mom and I sometimes have a hard time like talking because we interrupt each other and get in fights and stuff but like I, I, I try at least a lot I'm thinking this weekend actually I was asking my mom 
Oh, my mom was asking how, like, protesting was going in Corvallis, and I almost immediately, like, said something to hurt her feelings or, like, cut her off, and she was like, fine, we won't talk about it. <laughs> but, oh, no. um, so we try, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yikes. And it, like, comes up easy. And it, like, yeah. doesn't feel awkward. No. I think she said, like, yeah, she, I, I don't know, she asked, I mentioned that I had gone to, like, a protest, and she said... She asked me how it felt or something, and I was like, I don't know. It felt, like, sad or whatever. Like, it was the right thing to do, though. And she, like, took me saying that as me being, like... Why didn't you go? Yeah, exactly. And was like, fine, we're done. And I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) But I think that's just me and my mom. (laughs) But, yeah. So, (laughs) what was the question? Do I talk about, like... tough conversations with Tough conversations, yes. I think they're the first people I go to for tough conversations um especially because i know that a lot of my opinions and like my world views were formed Mm -hmm. from what my parents and my siblings think so sometimes i'll like talk to them to check in with them about like oh wait how do you feel about this and then just to see where i'm getting my thoughts from before i like try to educate myself or like move on from that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah, and I think part of that is like Ashley. Who's the first person you go to when you have? I like, was just thinking about that. Um, nobody. Myself. <laughs> I often don't have hard conversations with anybody. Oh. Let me think. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> own me. Who's yours? And then I'll think on mine, Sarah. Um, I think my friend. Um, the same friend who like walked me through <laughs> my life crises and you know, has been there. Um, uh, and like, in all honesty, like, I don't know, I feel like I could expand the list a bit more <laughs> just because she is one person. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, I, she's the first person that I go to. And then like, after that, it's like, oh, I'll ask my coworkers. And then like the people that I know, like as a, in a secondary network sense, um, but, are yeah, we when primary I have, like, network like that, or secondary? Is that us? Are we network. your secondary network? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are we? I think you're in primary. I hope you're in primary. Oh, thank you. Thank you. How come I haven't gotten any crises yet? Oh, oh dude. You're secondary. Let me pull one up right now. <laughs> you have all the... You get all the crises and I get none. <laughs> no, I think, like, you know, I, I think you guys are primary. Like, you know, that time that we this went to the river and like no this feels self-serving you don't have to talk about so. this okay <laughs> so she stopped incredible uh, um i think mine depends on the person in the situation usually if it's like something that someone has experience mm-hmm. in i can don't feel super weird asking other people about it um but if i'm truly spiraling out of control it's probably Gemma, my roommate or one of my cousins so yeah i guess that it depends for me too on who but yeah i guess my family's still the first mm-hmm. and yeah and like you kind of com- compartmentalize people in your head about like who you go to to talk about like, like relationships or who you talk about career r- choices or right things like that yeah yeah mm-hmm. who you go to talk about like your classes, you know, mm-hmm. which just comes from like shared experience with different people. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is, yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. Okay. Does anything else make you uncomfortable that you can think about, Sarah? Um. I don't know. I guess like, just like I don't. I personally like to be on neutral ground when it comes to like, mm. uh, personal arguments and stuff. So like, I don't know. Like, I I really hate pointing fingers, and it's like, now that we're in a time of, like, it is the time to point fingers. Like, I'm just like kind mm. of uncomfortable by that, and it's like. I don't know. I feel like I've come to terms with like addressing my privilege and my personal biases, but I I just have a really hard time of like standing up for myself and like my beliefs and like just like you know calling out my parents for like really uh, controversial comments or like calling out um, you know my supervisor for example like I um, with like very again controversial comments and it's like. I, I don't know. I personally like being on middle ground and like, but right now it's like, you can't be on middle ground. There is no middle ground to stand on, you know? Um, and so it's like, now I have to like be outward and like very vocal, but like, I'm not that kind of person either. Um, yeah. And so it's like, so I you're talking, you can mm-hmm. be specific if you want. It might be fun for the pod listeners. You're talking well, about racial injustice, right? I am re- talking about racial I wasn't sure because, like, I know, like, I don't know. I know YouTube, like, for, uh, for like, a hot second. I don't know if this is still going. But if you mentioned, like, coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, you would get... Yeah, you'd get struck and stricken yeah. for AdSense. Yeah. We don't uh, run ads. We so. do no <laughs> worries. You can say Black Lives Matter on here and no one's going to stop you. <laughs> Big um, advertising doesn't won't a say in what you get to say. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am talking about the racial injustice. Um, that's yeah. both systemic and you know very internalized and just like literally everywhere. Like if you go through our you know public even like private really if you go through a school in America like you're Truly. probably <laughs> you're probably not the best. Um, <laughs> not to say that you know schools aren't aren't good in Oregon they're pretty decent <laughs> um but but yeah I mean just like I don't know like even going through Instagram right now is pretty overwhelming and like yeah. I want to stay informed and like I want to know of like what's happening um in my it's community so much. but it's so much um yeah. and it's like how do I contribute to this because it's like you know, there's been quite a few posts that's like, if you are silent, you know, you're probably complicit. um, And, you know, you don't care about a lot of other people. But it's like, I do care. And like, even at work, adding noise gonna do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, even at work, I'm creating like a huge list of resources of like, uh, for the BIPOC community, um, the black, indigenous and people of color community. Um, within Oregon and it's like it's a huge list and it's like a hundred different like organizations for the Latinx the black the Asians you know the Middle Eastern the Africans like literally everyone you could think of and Mm -hmm. um, I've been like thinking about like posting that but also it's like how many people would see that you know and how many people would utilize that and I've also like thought about like here's how you can if you never put it out that's also fair Um, and like yeah, I guess, like, no, nah, you're all good. Um, I've been also thinking about, like, here's how you can effectively email your legislator. Like, here's, like, some tips. And, like, here are the literal key people 
that you need to contact if you like actually want to defund the police. Um, but it's also like, uh, I hate like, it's just me as a person. Like I hate like t- picking sides and like, yeah. it's not, I'm not justifying like racism. I'm, I'm like 100% clear about that, but also like, great. <laughs> just to get that cleared. Um, I'm not a racist. <laughs> Oof. Uh, but I don't know. I just like, I struggle with this a lot and like, I definitely feel like it's not the time for that. I like kind of need to swallow that and just like mm-hmm. put it out there for people to utilize. Um, but that's my internal struggle. Mm-hmm. What do you, I feel like this comes from the same place as me and Gemma's like intense distaste towards conflict, but like literally it's so this feels easier than a lot of other conflicts that I've had because I was like, well, who's going to get upset with me? Mm. Racists? <laughs> Do I care <laughs> that they're super mad at me? But also that goes into like, like true, like family friends and things like that. So it is hard. It's like not easy to talk about what matters with everyone, but also like, who am I saving myself from? <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, maybe it also comes from, like, me just, like, not being comfortable, like, with vulnerability, I guess. And, like, I don't know. Mm. You don't want people to think that racism makes you sad. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Well, has there been any unexpected good things that have come out of COVID for you? Um, it's hard to think of a few. I don't have to, like, run around anywhere. Uh-huh. Don't... You don't have to drive to Salem. To Salem. To I don't have to drive to Salem. Every other day. That's yeah. my unconventional good thing of COVID is Indeed. that you have less travel time. <laughs> that me personally. <laughs> Can but I that... tell the story? I want to tell the story about Sarah Kim. <laughs> One time we saw her last term. She was very busy, had all of these internships happening. And she was like, yeah, I, I'm exhausted. I'm like mentally dead. Uh, today I drove to Salem, which is like a 45 minute drive probably with no music or anything on i drove in silence i am too tired to have done anything but just drove in silence for an hour and a half today i had to relax 101 <laughs> wait did i say just so funny yeah you said that i think that your radio is broken or something it's truly car radio by 21 pilots just like <laughs> dread <laughs> ah. incredible wow she blocked it out insane but so um that's just to say that yeah, unconventional good thing is that you don't have to do that anymore. But also, like, unconventional bad thing, like, I don't get my exercise anymore. Like, I've literally been sitting at a oh. desk in front of a screen this is 24-7. <laughs> um, that's... I was going to say, that's what I miss the most about classes on campus is just walking around campus. Mm. Walking to mm-hmm. campus. With your giant log. 
you behind get it. you. <laughs> yeah, my my like fifty liter backpack just stomping around in the woods <laughs> behind the gym. Oh man, sad. What about you guys? Uh, like, I don't. I haven't talked to you guys in so long. How are you guys doing with? We talked to you. <laughs> I was gonna say at uh, least twice a week for you and I don't me. Know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. I think uh, I was thinking about this this week. An unconventional good thing at the beginning of quarantine is I was like calling people a lot and just like catching up with people all the time, and I realized that I have like not called anyone in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Which pre quarantine, I always like call people while I'm walking or cooking and stuff like that. Um. Anyways, I have like I burnt myself out on calling, and now I called no one, which is so funny that I've reversed. But eh. is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I think it just is what it is. It's, a, <laughs> it's an unconventional thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. The neutral ground. Mm. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, an unconventional bad thing I think is that now that I'm paying more attention to my kombucha, I like keep getting more and more scared about it. I keep thinking it's gonna like poison me or like something is wrong with it or like well, I don't even know. Yeah, no, I would say it's an unconventional good thing that kombucha has taken over Ashley Chan's life and my fridge. <laughs> Literally, I'm borrowing Gemma's shelf because my bottles are too tall, and so she has. I guess it's unconventionally bad for Gemma. <laughs> There's so much less space in her shelf than mine. But wait. How much kombucha are you making? Um, a lot. <laughs> so much. Like, her pantry shelf at times looks like it could be a, a shelf at a store. At a grocery store. At a grocery Truly, store. There's so much kombucha. It. If anyone wants to buy it, text me. But, um, <laughs> it's like, it's kind of scary because for some reason for the past, like, three batches, it's been going really fast. So, like, I'll make, like, three gallons of tea and I'll put it in there. And then in, like, three days, and usually it takes two weeks, in, like, three days it'll be ready to bottle, and I'll be like, I have no bottles, I have no fruit, I have nowhere to put it, like, I don't know what to do anymore. So I just started, like, making it continuous brew. I don't even know if this is interesting, but I would, like, bottle one at, like, one a day, and then add more sweet tea into it so that it could, like, eat without, like, overwhelming me. It's so insane. Yesterday, I drank two and a half bottles of kombucha. (laughs) If anyone has glass, empty glass bottles, Please drop them off. Bring them to Ashley. <laughs> it's upsetting, and like a mini fridge or something. I need like a mini fridge to move this process in. To, I'm overwhelmed. Well, wow, well, yeah. the bacteria is evolving. Truly, a lot. <laughs> it really is. Wait, Sarah, have you done anything for the first time lately? For the first time, yeah. Ah. <sighs> uh... <laughs> Let's see, what have I done? Wow, that's kind of sad. I guess, like... <laughs> have you done any new things? Old things for the first time? Old things for the first time. Any, no. Have you done anything? <laughs> I didn't Do sit on my computer. I guess, like, new record for me for, like, zero physical exercise. Um, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> if that counts. First time not moving in three months. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Are you uh, in Southern Oregon right now, or are you in... Northern Oregon. I am. I'm in Med- uh, Southern Oregon. Well, <laughs> Medford. Yeah. It's really hot. Oh, um, oh. It's so hot. Um, it's the Southern Oregon dry heat. It is. It's we so dry. It. Um, 
first time I'm still trying to think of something first time that I've graduating. done. The... That's first, first time, time gra- graduating. First time graduating. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wow. Does high school um, count? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. For everybody who graduated <laughs> yeah. high school. I graduated three years ago today. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Stop detracting from Sarah. It's not all about you. <laughs> no, I'm the youngest, it has to be. <laughs> no, do it. I'm the oldest, I'll give it to her. um are you ready for some thank yous or any closing thoughts sarah thank yous Mm oh okay thank you sarah for being our guest oh okay thank you for having (laughs) me (laughs) thank you annie for introducing us to sarah and i remember when i met you sarah the most insane way i'm pretty sure that you were just like walking towards like, we were standing in the threshold of the library, and you were walking towards us with two Little Caesars pizzas or something. <laughs> and Annie was like, oh, that's Sarah. And I was like, huh? And you joined us that evening with pizza, and you became my friend that day. Wow, incredible. So thank uh, you, yes. Annie, for introducing us and for making our cover art. Yeah. I was thinking about this. <laughs> okay, so if you remember in season... No, in season one, episode, like, two, it's Asking Boys Out, mm-hmm. um, when Ashley first got the idea to, when Ashley bumped into Ben at the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, oh my gosh, it was a chaotic, <laughs> it was a chaotic trip to Winko because Sarah called us, uh-huh. this Sarah that's on our, oh my on the episode, because <laughs> she, like, became a Christian that night, and, like, called us, and we were, like, very excited in the grocery uh-huh. store about mm-hmm. it, and then... Ashley bumps into Ben. It Truly, was like... I might have been riding the high from you that forced me into thinking that I was in love with Ben. <laughs> I don't even know. So, um, thank you, just to, I think to God for making that whole night happen. <laughs> Real one. So fun. Uh, I think what was even crazier was like I knew Ben. I like worked with Ben, I and know. like oh yeah, to, to have yeah, a friend who like I just met like. Like, in a relationship with the guy I knew and worked with, like, that year, I was like, who, like, is orchestrating this whole thing? Like, (laughs) who gave them the right to, like, do this to me and, like, blow my brain? Hmm. Well, we weren't ever in a relationship, for the record. (laughs) So... (laughs) Please, please don't put that out there. Ben, listen ben listens to this and is like, oh no. <laughs> she thinks we're dating. <laughs> she thinks we're married. <laughs> Thank you to the Valley Library for being our hangout place. Yes, truly. We miss you. And our homes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you to Emily for, Emily just brought me a gift. It's so cute. It's like a cross-stitched embroidery situation of here's the thing. It was a grad president. So cute. I'll post a picture somewhere. Ah, you're welcome. A pleasure. Mm. That's incredible. I I can't believe you're going on like a cross stitch like adventure first with like <laughs> really? our D and D character untitled, uh, and now here's the thing. I'm honestly really impressed. Like, <laughs> truly. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of this one. It's really cute. Um, but yeah. I thank you to Paige, who I have I uh, had plant nursery systems with a class, mm-hmm. who would see me cross stitch during class and like DM'd me one time and was like, "Are you cross stitching? I love to cross stitch, whatever." Like kind of fun. Anyways, so we had like had that conversation and then in our last class DM'd me her number and was like, 
so cute. Send me what you're working on. I'll send you what I'm working on. And this is so cute. Yeah, it honestly so cute, so fun. What she was working on was really detailed and like gorgeous and really well done send a title back (laughs) i sent back i was working on that Uh which is there's like literally like what i had done on it was like stick figures (laughs) i was like um this is good this is fun i'm an artist but (laughs) i kind of love that yeah oh Uh, yeah that's so cute so fun Thank you to all the friends that I've made from during Zoom classes for mm. people reaching out and being like not being fun and not antisocial. That's so sweet. Yeah. Also, thank you to Sarah's siblings for being quiet. I think it's so funny when I look at you and you're like putting your finger in your mouth to like motion them to be <laughs> quiet. And then one time you did it really like three times in a row. You were like, I'm serious. You like raised your eyebrows and did it. And I thought, wow, real ones for being oh, yes. silent. <laughs> She knows to be silent when I'm, like, in these meetings now because it's, like, I have, like, a couple of, like, work meetings and then, like, you know, meetings like these, like, with friends and podcast like, recordings. <laughs> a whole podcast. And I'm, like, you know, if you interrupt me, I will beat you up later, so. <laughs> Perfect. Just sibling uh, things. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I have one last one. Okay. Uh, thank you to Google Hangouts for doing closed captioning. Literally, there was like a one minute maybe section where we just could not hear what you're saying, but we were just reading the caption for people to respond. So leave a review guessing where that when that was. <laughs> if our timing was a little off, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I was also having some struggle because, like, you know, we're doing this virtually, and like I don't think my internet's the best, and like there was <laughs> one point that was like the audio was lagging quite a bit, and like I literally yeah. could not hear past the like techno issues that we were having uh-huh. but i turned on closed caption because i was like this is a great idea like why didn't i do this earlier uh-huh and it's so accurate i'm so impressed by it me too i literally just said uh-huh julie so i don't know if that's true but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sweet. do you have any final thank you sarah any like anyone in the world you want to thank i think like Thank you to, like, literally everyone on the face of this earth for, like, adapting so well (laughs) to COVID-19 and, like, (laughs) no, maybe minus them, (laughs) minus all of them. (laughs) Minus the racist. I am not a racist, I promise. (laughs) Um, uh, But I guess, like, really just the faculty and, like, you know, just, like, all the instructors and all of the legislators and everyone working hard at the government right now like just thank you to I know it's like not the best situation and like there have been a few hiccups but like thank you to all of them for adapting so well and being so empathetic yeah Um, yeah. thank you Ian for our music thank you everyone for listening here's the thing here's the thing and we'll see you next week send Sarah and Ashley, congratulations messages, because we are proud of them. Aww. And Thanks. that is all. Thanks. That was That was the, the thing. thing. Bye. Bye. Bye.